Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas, hosted by me, your elevation guide, Jenea Barnes. Hello, world, friends, and maybe some neighbors. I don't know. <laughs> Are you my neighbor? Welcome to today's episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas, and I'm here with one of my favorites, Becca Kyle. And I have to say, we did a conversation about five and a half months, no, four and a half, I don't know. We did it at the beginning a of while the back. year, end of last <laughs> year. And I have to say, Becca, I've been kind of looking at the calendar, being like, hmm, has enough time passed for me to have <laughs> Becca on again? Definitely. I feel like I should have some space and have some other people come on, but I've been sort of counting the days. And well, I had so much fun the last time that I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's May. I think that's enough time. Hey, Becca, do you want to do the thing again? So um, on that note, Becca, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the people watching and listening what a little bit about you, what you do, and part of why you're so awesome. <laughs> well, that would be a really short story. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I am a, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, but that's a lot of words. So we like to just say functional health coach. Uh, I help uh, people, mainly women, but I have a few male clients too um, all over the country to get to the uh, root cause of their mood, uh, hormone, gut, um, energy, sleep issues, to really um, come back into uh, balance with their bodies, be present with their families, um, and regain um, their health by seeking root cause. You know, I think a lot of them come to me having had um, been to different people who just really wanted to band-aid symptoms, and that's not what I'm interested in at all. I like to seek out those healing opportunities, really eliminate inflammation, eliminate um, toxic load, and um, just get you feeling and looking amazing. So I work 100% virtually, so it's just it's just so much fun to work with people from all walks of life. And um, like most of us, I have my own crazy health journey. Um, so if you have a, an issue, a health issue, I can pretty much guarantee you that I've also had it. So I understand <laughs> your, you know, my clients' frustrations. I understand their, their exhaustion. I understand their, um, um, insomnia. I understand their anxiety. I understand their depression because I've, I've been there. Um, but I'm, I'm so much more on the other side of it now. So, um, I can be that beacon of hope. You know, like like we, you can you can change. It's never too late to um, get your body back on track. So that's me. Absolutely. One of the things that I really love about both of us is our focus is such on the source, the root cause. Yes. So I work on the stuff that's going on with what we consider our mind and Becca works on the stuff that we consider our body. And okay. really they're all intertwined because um, neuroscience has actually shown that there really is no barrier between the body and the brain. So it all affects everything, your beliefs, your thoughts, the things that you're thinking, the spirals of whatever emotions you're going through are going to affect your body and your gut health. And the more you're working with both of these things, getting to the root cause of this stuff, you'll start to unwind the physical stuff, the oh, stuff yeah. you physically feel. And the physical stuff is your body trying to tell you that something's wrong. How does it talk to you? It talks to you via symptoms, right? That's how your body communicates right. with you. It's funny. I was uh, talking uh, to a, a colleague of mine um, last night, and she was like, you know, I don't care how much kale you eat if you're constantly talking, having negative self-talk, <laughs> you know, like, like it's, you can't, you can't undo the mental and emotional by like eating, you know, all the healthy things. Like it's so tight. You have to work on both sides. Um, to really get the full impact on your health. Yeah, 
That's true. It's true. And so what we are really here today to talk about was not expectations, which I had on my little thing a second ago, but we're here to talk about the habit shame habit cycle. And this comes into play so much. So we will do something that we're not happy about that we're doing. So eating ice cream. So we eat a bunch of ice cream and we're trying to be good because we're trying to make our gut health be good and our body doesn't really like dairy <laughs> or sugar maybe. And so we eat a bunch of ice cream and then we feel totally ashamed. We call ourselves names like I'm a loser. I'm a fat slob. Like, why can't I do this to myself? Why can't I get better? What's wrong with me? Blah, I can't blah, believe blah. I just did that again. That's yeah. what I hear. I can't believe I did it again. Exactly. Because consciously, we know better. But unconsciously, there are other factors at play that are pushing against us. And oftentimes, we will do it again and create the shame and then do it again and then create the shame. And we do this because a lot of these things, a lot of foods, particularly Netflix, binging, shopping, stuff like that, we've created anchors. And I'll talk a little more about that. Anchors of feeling good around those things. Mm -hmm. And so you know, you buy a new outfit and it feels so good or a new piece of jewelry. And you're like, oh, that feels so good. And you do that enough times in your body, your whole body and mind has this connection like, oh, this makes me feel good. So when you're in that shame cycle and not feeling well, like feeling badly, you are leaning towards, oh, let me do something to make me feel good. Let me change that mm -hmm. emotional state so that I can feel better, except that you're trying to eliminate the behavior that's <laughs> creating that goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that I've had that, that I've dealt with this cycle myself over and over and over and over again. And, you know, it's, it sometimes feels, can feel, if you're really not aware of it, it can feel just really out of control. Like almost like, you know, like I can't stop myself from doing the thing. I don't want to do the thing anymore. Um, I know it's bad for me, but I can't stop myself from doing the thing. Or I might not do the thing for a week or two weeks. And then I fall, then something stressful will happen. And then I fall right back in this cycle of doing the thing again. And I think that it's very, very, very common. Like with, with my clients, you know, something will trigger. Something will trigger and then they'll go out and they'll eat that thing a queso or they'll drink that bottle of wine or whatever because they want an immediate, they want to feel better. And so they know, like you said in the past, that has helped them feel better, but then they're like, then they eat themselves up over using that coping strategy again. And then it just, like you said, it just cycles, cycles over and over. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I really want to point out to you, those moments when you talk about stress or whatever life is throwing stuff at you, the reason we slide into that pattern from the past is because it's in our unconscious programming. We can be super conscious and aware and really push towards our good goals, what we're consciously trying, but the right. moment we're stressed, the moment we're depleted, everything goes down. All bets are off and the unconscious mind takes over. Like how many times yeah. have you driven? I, I love that word that you said, the depletion. So many of my yeah. clients come to me. So boy, hold on a second. Boys. I know. Just, just put, just put on Elmo for him, please. I'm sorry. The, the toddler <laughs> is freaking out. Put on Elmo for him. He's, he's gonna. You're gonna hear some crying in the background. Everything's fine. He's refusing to take a nap, and so he's. The, the, the brothers are gonna put on a little show for him. We'll all. We'll all be on it. But but back to that depletion because then it's like you have. You feel like you. You have nothing. Nothing left to give. Like you don't have anything. Like you're just right. done. And so it's the strength to say maybe no to that coping strategy, that negative coping mechanism is it's it's just so easy to fall right back into that cycle 
but then it actually makes you more depleted, you know? So then you yeah. even do it, you know, it's like, so, so how, how would you help somebody to break that cycle? Well, there's a, a lot of things that we can collapse anchors. So when I say something's an anchor, if you do it over and over again, your nervous system begins to think of it as, as something that's real, something that's there. Mm -hmm. So even like somebody's lucky socks, right? They put mm -hmm. on their lucky socks before a game yeah. and that makes them feel empowered. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, you might have your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever be like, I can't believe you still have these stinking socks. They're so gross. I just need to throw them out. They're not luck, blah, blah, blah. But what they do by putting them on, they make you feel empowered. And it, mm -hmm. it really, it's a neurological anchor. And so we have so many of those. So for me, I had ice cream, ice cream, my grandpa and me having ice cream together was love, mm. love, 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 love. So I actually have, I've created a love anchor on my body, which is like right here. And okay. the other day I wanted ice cream and I was like, oh, hmm, let me just push that anchor. And, and so I, my body got flooded with love. Well, we'll make an mm. anchor for you guys in a little bit. Um, That's so cool. But my my body got flooded with love and then the craving went away because for whatever reason, I might have been a little annoyed or tired or I actually I know exactly what it was. It was um, there was a woman that was super down and out and obviously mental mentally ill asking for change. And I gave mm -hmm. her some change, but seeing people in not the best possible state that they could be in is a little bit upsetting to me on the unconscious level, which is very understandable. Right. And, and then I, a little while later, I was a few moments later, I was craving ice cream. Hmm. So kind of, I love that you thing. can tie, but I love that you can tie those things together. And I think that's what more people need is the the understanding of 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 what's triggering like their what their desire for ice cream or whatever it may be um because so many of us are going so fast through life so busy so whatever that that we're not stopping and slowing down enough to take the time to understanding those triggers um and connecting those dots yeah. Well, and even in the moment, I didn't connect those dots. I just yeah. knew I had the craving and I knew I had a tool, right, literally on my body that I could use to counteract that tool. Now, I've done a lot of work. I've done work on collapsing the anchor for sugar, but I haven't actually done the work on ice cream. There's, and a part of me is resistant to it because to me, it's so tied to my grandfather, mm. grandfather's love. And I realized recently too, like I have, a, I had a problem with TV binging, you know, over and over, just keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. When I watch one particular show or a show where the whole series comes out. Yeah. And it was the same thing. I didn't have TV growing up, but I sure was allowed to watch TV when I was hanging out at my grandparents' house. Mm. So mm -hmm. it was that same thing. So when do I put want to put on a show? Oh, when I'm kind of tired at the end of the day and I'm feeling depleted. So not feeling at my top. And that my brain's like, oh, not feeling so great. So the conscious mind goes down a little bit. The unconscious mind takes over. It's like, let's have love. Let's have TV. <laughs> <laughs> or ice cream love, or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I think that that's really what most of us are, are searching for is that love. You know, yeah. whether you know it's through ice cream or whether it's through um, shopping or whether it's through you know what whatever your your negative coping mechanism is. Um, and I was just talking to a girl last night about self care and how um, how important it is to have those positive 
mechanisms to cope with because so many of us, you know, it's, it can be easier just to go down the negative coping route because it's, it feels really good at first. Um, and, um, it's what you've done. That's always kind of worked in the past. And maybe even if it's not working anymore, you still want to do it because it's that habit. It's that habit again. Right. Um, and, and just breaking that habit and breaking that shame, shame cycle. I can talk really well today. Shame cycle. <laughs> breaking that sh habit, sh shame cycle. Wow, that is actually really difficult to say. Um, it's part, it's going to be part of their true healing. It's going to be part of really getting to that ideal health vision, you know, that they want, because we're always, because life there's always going to be something there's always going to be right. st something stressful that's going to happen it's just a matter of, of of choosing like what are you going to do about it what are you going to do about it are you going to slow down and be self-aware and really understand um what's triggering triggering you and create new habits or are you going to stay in that sh shame um habit cycle that just brings your entire physical health down a notch. Um, shame, a feeling of shame will be you um, in a state of unwellness. It will keep you in a state of um, poor health, you know, and that sometimes people can say, well, I'm doing all the things. I've changed my diet. I'm exercising. I'm doing the, all the stuff. But if they haven't actually um, worked on stuff like this, that, that cycle, um, they're not going to get to where they want to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're all a work well, in progress. Of course. I mean, and it's that thing. It's like, do we want to start to have our life full of ease or do we want to, if we're white knuckling through everything, if we're not creating things on the deeper level, how, how is that going to create a better life for us? It's not. You know? It's not. Yeah. My three-year-old. Oh, <laughs> the joys of being at work. Say, boy, I will go ask your brother for some milk. <laughs> Mommy's on the computer right now. Mommy's talking to mommy's friend. Your bubbas are outside and they can fill up your sippy cup just fine. <laughs> <sighs> Y'all, he's he's three-year-olds. They're they're very interesting. <laughs> he's so cute though. It's a good thing he's so cute because you know, that's why they make them cute. So when they're making you crazy. Uh, so, yeah. um, yeah. Um, so I think, we, I think everybody uh, should have that dual modality. If somebody like me, you know, anybody like you to, because it's, it really is so interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. I think about, you know, when you are in a shame cycle, when you are in your emotions, I find that the big key to all the behaviors that we are trying to eliminate, we dip into them because of our emotions. Mm -hmm. And like that day, I didn't even realize it was because of seeing somebody in a negative state that kind of changed my state a little bit. And I was probably vibing off of her a little bit, but I didn't even realize that at the time. And I can look back at it and see it. So even though I wasn't conscious in the moment, by bringing consciousness after the effect, after the fact, so you ate that whole bag of potato chips or you went on a big shopping spree. What you can do after to start to really unwind be, the unconscious mind is just go back, remember what it was you were feeling and slow it down. Just slow it down the moments before you had the urge, recognize what was going on in your body because it's all there. It's all there. Your mind picks up everything and your unconscious mind has it there. So you can literally bring yourself back to that time and figure out what are the pieces? What are the emotions that trigger you? What mm. are the particular circumstances that trigger you? And then figuring out once you have consciousness around it, you can start to employ different methods to shift them, you know? No, and I love that because, again, it's that whole concept of of slowing down, 
of being self-aware and you know i work with mostly like busy moms right who really struggle with slowing down <laughs> really struggle with right. getting any quiet time right peaceful time where they could do something like that slow it down go back to the situation replay it really try to understand um what was going on and what triggered them um but it's so it's so important so and you're someone that that meditates quite a bit each day so yeah. you know i think um like i am terrible i am i will i will admit it i am a terrible meditator um i'm trying to get better i'm trying to do it more often for me like i'm at the point where doing some sort of you know guided meditation is is what i need um but just even just sitting in the stillness and the silence for just five minutes for some of my clients seems really hard. So yeah. what would you, how would you, what would you recommend to someone who finds sitting in the stillness, sitting in the silence, um, really trying to tune into your emotions, someone who finds that sort of thing super uncomfortable? Um, what well, would you, what would you tell them? I mean, here's the thing. This is the big thing. People talk a lot about meditating and, oh, I'm not doing it right because I have all these thoughts going through my mind. Mm -hmm. I can't clear my mind, blah, 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 blah. Don't worry about that crap, period. Just start by sitting, closing your eyes. You can work on breathing and different techniques and all that crap later. But start by just sitting, closing your eyes in the quiet. You can mm -hmm. have some ambient music maybe. Um, if you need to do at five o'clock in the morning in the bathroom, toilet seat down and just sit on your, your toilet where the rest of the family is still asleep, whatever. Just sit there. And you said it, you nailed it right on the head, especially those of us that are go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. It feels uncomfortable, right? You're sitting still and all of a sudden this like you start to feel a little itchy in the skin. You're like, I don't know why mm -hmm. in your mind, you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this. What is like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> and, yep. and, but here's the thing, what's happening is, you know, especially as a busy mom, as a busy person, period, we're constantly shoving our emotions down. We're not yep. dealing with them. We don't have the, most of us don't have the natural habit of how to deal with our emotions. So we're shoving them down, shoving them down. And anytime that you are sitting there in the quiet, no, you don't have to be like that, but sitting there <laughs> in the quiet. I mean, that's how you do it, right? <laughs> now I lie down because I meditate two hours a day and sometimes I don't get enough sleep. So I allow it to be okay for me if I fall asleep a little bit. Um, I don't usually, but I lie down so that that can happen because sleep is very important for self-care. But not everybody can do that. Most, a lot of people will just fall asleep. So I started by sitting up. But when those when that uncomfortable feeling starts, the key is it's only going to last a couple minutes. Just sit through it. When you sit through it, you're training your nervous system that you're not going to die. The more you do this, you are getting your nervous system out of fight and flight. You're releasing some of those emotions you've stuffed down. And more than likely, you're releasing emotions that are tied to some little trigger. Mm -hmm. So if you have zero money at all and you can't afford to work with anybody, if you started sitting in the quiet for an hour a day, and when, no matter what you do, when an uncomfortable feeling comes, you sit till you get to the other side, you're doing healing work on yourself. You don't get to choose what you're working on, but you will start to heal yourself and things will start to get a little bit easier. I had one time I thought for sure, I mean, I this feeling came up and I wanted to run out of my house screaming. Mm. I was just like, like, just sit through it, Janae, just sit through it. And I did, and it only lasted about 90 seconds. Here's a little clue you guys the emotional response chemical response of an emotion in the body is 90 seconds unless you're feeding it a story then it'll continue 
But these moments in meditation, usually there's no story coming up. So the other aspect of it is you're learning how to let your emotions move through. So it'll come up and then about within about 90 seconds, it'll usually leave. And that's a really great way to practice just allowing emotions to move through and healing your nervous system, which I'm sure you can tell us, Becca, what healing, getting your nervous system out of fight and flight, what does that do for your overall health? Oh my gosh, everything. So, you know, our bodies were designed to deal with a short-term acute stressor. And, you know, say back in the day, outrunning that bear that was chasing you, right? Um, and so our bodies were designed to, to um, really cortisol to have this stress response to help us be very physically strong in the moment to help us do what's necessary and when you're in fight or flight because something is really wrong you are not your body's not focusing on digestion your body's not focusing on reproduction so um, you know gut health and hormones go all out of whack um, and our bodies were not designed to deal with the chronic stressors that we have in our lives today. And so with chronic stress and staying in that fight or flight, um, having high cortisol, um, your body just wasn't designed to manage that. And it will over time throw all your other uh, body systems completely out of whack, especially hormones and especially the gut. Um, and you're just going to end up with this cascade of poor health that happens if you don't do something to manage your stress. If you stay in fight or flight versus rest and digest, you know, you, you want to have that parasympathetic nervous system activated, not your sympathetic. Um, and when you are constantly um, shoving your feelings down, when you're constantly not allowing yourself to feel what you need to feel, when you are just go, 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 not allowing yourself to sit in any of it, um, you're, you're not going to get yourself out of fight or flight. I know when I'm in fight or flight because I literally physically cannot take a deep breath. I can't do it. Mm. Um, and then when I'm able to to shift over to rest and digest, it's like it's like a flip has switched and all of a sudden my rib cage can expand again. It's a very physical feeling for me. What does it feel like for you when you're in fight or flight? I don't really roll in fight or flight too often anymore. Um, but when, and maybe in the past, what, when what it did does, it feel like for you? When it does, um, my breathing's really shallow. My breathing's up here. Mm -hmm. I'm not in my body at all. I'm out of my body. So I'll do this like right now. I'm going to jump out of my body for a second. And you guys notice the difference in my voice. Okay, so now I'm out of my body and then I'll drop right back into my body. So you can see my voice mm -hmm. gets really high and mm -hmm. I'm just not as connected. I can't connect to people either. So you notice a lot of people that are really busy are super scattered and you can't mm -hmm. really drop in and connect. So for me, I think that's the biggest thing. I'm super scattered. I can't pay attention. I have... I don't have ADD, but I carry symptoms of ADD when I'm mm -hmm. in that state for sure. And that probably that's one of the reasons why I used to drink a lot more because it would it would drop me in a little bit. It would slow mm -hmm. my reactions down so I could feel like I was more present with people. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that's again. No, I completely I do. Mechanism. Like that was my that was my go to as well is I was just like, I just need something to bring down a notch. I need something to like, because I was always here. I was always in this for years, just this chronic stress mode. Um, and for me, my negative coping mechanisms were to just bring it, slow down. It was so hard for me to, to just slow down and be present. Um, we have a comment here that says, I get an annoying nerve yeah. distraction in my legs. That's quite unbearable feeling like I need to scratch or squeeze the tension so it kicks me out of my meditation. Um, sounds a bit like some kind of like restless leg situation um, going on um, that can make it, if you're in, especially in fight or flight, um, your your body can feel, for me, the best way I could describe it was like some, I would feel like I was made of glass 
and that at any moment I might break. Um, and so, um, Janae, do you have any tips here for that? Just sit through it. You can, if you need to, scratch or squeeze it, but just let yourself be there and don't like do it with your eyes closed. Keep, just stay there. It's, that might be your body's way of moving something through. So mm -hmm. the more you're allowing the space for it to happen versus, you know, and again, it doesn't matter what's going through your mind. Your mind might be saying, oh, this is the most unbearable thing in the world, ah, whatever it is. If you can just sit through it without touching it or scratching it, great. If you need to, go ahead, but just sit through it and let it go to the other side. Something in your body is shifting. It's mm -hmm. moving. It's trying to release. So give it the space to do so. We don't have to, you know, people really worry about my mind isn't clear when I'm meditating. It's just going and going and going. Well, you can kind of think sometimes of your mind as a, like a dog. If a dog or a kid runs around for an hour or two really hard and then they come home and they relax, if you give your brain the space to run for an hour, like a solid hour, and that's all it does is just like, and the rest of the day, you've worked through half of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the day is going to be smoother because you're not going to have all those things trying to pop mm -hmm. up and distract you because you've given them mm -hmm. the space to run. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. Um, and I like to do my, I just call it quiet time um, in the morning before yeah. I have three kids. <laughs> so, and we homeschool <laughs> and I have two jobs. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I, it's my favorite time because it's like my just time to sit. And sometimes I'll start off by reading a little bit or praying or this, that, and the other. Um, but sometimes I just like literally will just sit and just be. Um, you know, just yeah. be still. I, I, I'm not still very much and I'm not quiet or in a quiet space very much. And when I do that, when I take the time to start my day that way, my day is always so much better. It's so much calmer. Yeah. It's less frenetic. It, it feels um, smoother. And it's not that I'm doing anything different, but I've set myself up. I've set my brain up. I've set my emotions up to just handle my day better. When do you Absolutely. when do you meditate? Like in the morning or in the morning? I've started. I've switched my cycle a little bit. Now I get up and I work out and then I meditate because working okay. out oh for me is the thing that always slides off. So mm -hmm. because I get excited about everything that I'm working on, I'm like okay, I'm gonna start working on writing my book. I'm gonna mm -hmm. do some writing for this. I'm gonna work on this. Oh, I want to map out what I want to do next for the next client. So I get super jazzed about that stuff. Yeah. So then after I meditate, I want to jump up and put all my ideas into action. And then working out, it's like oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it in an hour. I'll do. So now I've started. Yeah working out and then meditating. <laughs> do you find that, do you find having that workout prior to your meditation that you are actually have more effective meditation? Cause I wonder what this whole, the whole thing about the nerve, like if you give your physical body a little bit of release before trying to sit in it, if that would help, help your, your, the nerve situation to kind of just uh, relax a little bit. Well, I don't know about anybody else, and I can tell you in a couple weeks. I just started doing this. Oh, okay. This week, so you're like, I, I just started today, know. Becca. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started this week. I started, I think maybe last Wednesday, something like that. Okay. So I've got. I'm about a weekend to okay. this new thing. I do think my brain slows down faster. That's what I've okay. noticed so far. If I'm going to actually think about that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's just, I know that for some, like, um, especially if you don't, if you're not very physically active during the day, like with your job or, you know, you do a lot of sitting, sometimes it can be hard to then 
automatically sit and and um and not have that kind of restlessness feeling right yeah i can definitely see that that physical release um well i want to do this so we don't slide out of time is i want to give you guys all a love anchor so Ooh. that you can push it when if you catch yourself having a craving whether you want to slide down it like your one show ended on your netflix and the other ones the next one's about to go and you know you want to do other things but you're like oh but <laughs> <laughs> there or if it's you know you're finding yourself wanting to go shopping you're you opened up the amazon and you're looking for what or you just want some ice cream so giving you an anchor or something to push on your body to actually bring up good feelings to sort of counteract whatever the emotion is that you're kind of trying to run from and put one of those things that might start a shame cycle for you. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do, everybody pick a place on your body that does not get touched very often, but is easily accessible. So it could be the inside of the wrist. I have a good one right here. Um, you know, maybe your nose, wherever it's going to be for you. And then I want you to all think of a memory when hmm. you felt so loved, so happy. And particularly not a memory where there's ice cream or cake or something. So don't think right. of your birthday party. <laughs> right. My my birthday is tomorrow and I've I've unwound Happy the birthday. anchor for thanks for the for the love anchor for my birthday party. I'm like, I don't even want a birthday party, but I used to want it because it was like love, love, love. And right. now I've filled myself up with so much love that mm -hmm. like, oh. My birthday is great, but I don't need I don't need that validation that I needed before. So That's awesome. no birthday parties that have cake or booze or anything, but just a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it was a past lover. Maybe it was, you know, when your mom hugged you at a certain time, whatever it might be, just some moment where you felt so loved, so happy. And maybe let's throw in some empowerment too, if you felt really empowered. Becca, do you have one? I'm gonna use, use my guide. Um, so I was thinking of um, when I got proposed to actually, oh, which was that's... a long time ago. Um, it was, let's say I got married in 2004, it would have been 2003. Um, but it was just like, it was just the, this, the perfect moment of just joy and freedom. And we were at the beach and it was the, the it was just this perfect, um, uh, setting of like beauty and calm, but joy and just pure, like unadulterated and happy emotions. Perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Okay. So. What we're going to do is y'all are going to, or you're going to, if you're driving, don't do this. <laughs> this is also a podcast. So if you're driving, don't wait, you know, re save Put it for pause, a replay pause it. <laughs> and do it later. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So I want you to allow that emotion, that feeling of love to rise up inside of you, like really feel it, like let it come back, let it fill you up. And as it gets, as it rises up to that peak level, right as it gets to that peak level, pick the spot on your body that you wanted to put this anchor in. So it's like two fingers and just press right into wherever it is. So press them that right as it rises up 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 keep pressing 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 and then as it starts to dissipate let it go once it starts to dissipate all right now what is your phone number backwards no idea <laughs> <laughs> okay perfect that was the perfect answer okay we're gonna do it again 
So bringing in that feeling, letting it rise up, letting just bring, let it flood your body, remembering the sounds, the feelings, the smells, if there were a smell, letting it rise up. And once it gets to the peak, once it's right just about at the peak, go ahead and press on that spot and then hold it, hold it as it rises up to the top. And as it starts, once it starts to come down and dissipate that feeling, go ahead and let it go. And then what color socks am I wearing today, Becca? Pink. <laughs> All right. And we're going to do this one more time. So allowing that feeling where you felt loved and empowered and so happy to just rise up in your body, remembering what you were seeing, what you were smelling, the sounds that were there, letting them all just incorporate into your body, letting it rise up, up, and right as it gets to the peak, pressing on that spot. And as it starts to come down... When it starts to come off that peak, you'll let it go and release it. And then what color socks are you wearing? I'm not wearing socks. <laughs> okay. All right. So now what we did is we anchored that feeling of love in. So now that we've changed your state by asking you about your socks or your feet, <laughs> Um, go ahead and press that spot and see what comes up. <laughs> That's crazy. I love it. That is so cool. So it's like magic. Exactly. So now you have this thing for when you're want to do the bad habit. You have this instant thing to bring back that sensation, that feeling of love. But the key is, is you don't want to use it every second of every day. Right. You want, you want to keep reinforcing this. So anytime you think about something full of love or you're having a moment, real life moments are the best. So you're having one of those moments. You might've had one on Mother's Day. The kids were around and you were so filled with love. Just press that spot. And you, every time you do it, you'll make it stronger and stronger and then that way, you know, when you need it and you need whatever circumstance, maybe you're super, the kids are going crazy and you're just like, oh, <laughs> and you can press that thing and it'll give you, it'll change your state. I mean, it just, you saw it, do it. it right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that so, was, that was wild. That was, that was so fun. Yeah, that's a powerful tool. <laughs> I love it. You can teach, you can reach out to me and I'll teach you how to teach your clients that one too. That yeah, one I mean, really and that's tool. what, what, and, and it's, it's free, you know, you can do yeah. it when you need to, you know, like I just love um, adding to my personal toolbox with, with things that are so simple, really inherently, but it's so effective. You just have to, you just have to know about them. You know, yeah. so exactly, awesome. exactly. Um, what else? Tell me specifically what it is that you think the emotion of shame does to our body. As far as does it affect one part of our body more than other parts? I think it it keeps our baseline found foundational functioning. Um, completely lowered and at a standstill. I think that um, especially with neurotransmitter gut and hormone health, which are all very much tied together, um, staying in that sh shame cycle does not allow our body to heal. It does not allow our body to move forward. Um, it keeps us in that stressed um um, acute sense of um, failure, um, of, of incapability, of um, eye suckness, you know, that, that whole thing. And when we're stuck in that, that feeling, though, that cluster of feelings, um, we're not going to be able to achieve the levels of physical health that we want. Like it was just not, 
You know, so right. many of my clients, you know, let's say they're doing all the things right, but they're still suck, stuck in that shame cycle or still stuck in that 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 negative self-talk cycle. Um, they're simply not going to get where they want to go. And so when we I work with my private clients, it's not just, hey, let's eradicate that bacterial overgrowth in your gut or, hey, let's balance your blood sugar or, hey, let's balance your hormones or, yeah, your dopamine is crazy high, you know, like <laughs> gotta work on that. Right. It's not just those physiological things. We do a lot of mindset work. We do a lot of self-care work. We do a lot of um, boundary work and um, self-talk, because if you don't also address those things, the physical side will be stuck. It just simply will. And I've seen it in my own self. I've seen it in client after client. The the, the emotional um, side of things is just as important. Um, and even if it's not like a real stress, just an, a perceived a perceived emotional stressor. Like I think this thing might happen in the future. Hasn't happened. Oh, yeah, right? It 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 has the same stress. It gives the body the same exact stress response as actually going through the thing. You know, yeah. so, so, you know, if we're, if we're just sitting there, like thinking about all of these things, instead of activating our love anchor, um, <laughs> then, you know, we're, we're just keeping our body in, in that fight or flight mode. And, yeah. and, you know, what your, your brain and what you're thinking controls that physical body. So if you're constantly keeping yourself in that, that, habit shame habit cycle and you're not actively pursuing an opportunity to break it um, to get better to make different choices um, to use those that skill set to meditate um, then you're just gonna you're gonna be stuck yeah well it's there's a couple of things that i just think about one people that naturally are generally pretty healthy and they don't have to really worry about their weight. One thing that they almost all of them do is before they eat something, they unconsciously or consciously think about how it's going to make them feel. Mm -hmm. So it ties so much of the feelings to, you know, we're talking about a physical feeling, but all of the things, physical feelings and emotional feelings are so tied. And remember when I said earlier that the physical response in the body of an emotion is 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeding it a story about some crap that hasn't happened yet, you are literally just perpetuating what that emotion is over yeah. and over and over. That's one of the things I like about sitting through the uncomfortable feelings in meditation is because you get to understand what actually allowing an emotion to move through you feels like mm -hmm. without feeding it a story. When it's funny, sometimes when I'm, I'm just like starting to get like real irritated with myself or somebody, my spouse or my kids or whatever, um, I'll because I've done a lot of work on myself, I can recognize when I'm feeding myself a story. I'll be like, yeah. okay, that's not actually what's going on, Becca. You're telling yourself a story about this um, and you're, you're changing the way that you're, you're perceiving this because that's not, that's not the actual reality. You know, you're just, you're just telling mm -hmm. yourself a story. And it's one of the biggest things that I have found that helps me personally work through something is when I recognize the fact that I'm telling myself a story that's not actual reality um, and to be able to kind of bring myself back into the real, true, raw present. Yeah. Well, and that's a big part of the shame cycle is some story that we told ourselves sometime. So maybe we were a little kid and maybe we had our mom, we overheard our mom say, oh my God, that lady over there is so fat. And so then once we notice like her saying something like, oh, don't eat too much cake or you'll get fat. And then it, then if we're like five or six years old, we're creating a story around that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, oh my God, I'm going to be looked at by my mom. Like that lady was, if I eat too much cake and now you have a story mm -hmm. that you're going to just perpetuate that shame cycle. And so the other thing is you get what you focus on. So now if you're constantly thinking about not being fat, not being fat, well, your subconscious mind 
does not hear the word not. <laughs> it only hears, it doesn't hear the ne the negative stuff, the ne mm -hmm. negations. So it only hears fat, 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 fat. I'm not going to smoke today. I'm not going to drink today. Your unconscious mind hears drink, 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 smoke, smoke, smoke. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, rewiring our thinking to not be thinking about what we're not wanting and thinking about what we want instead. So thinking about, oh my goodness, I want great health. I, I'm going to eat I'm going to avoid this cake because I want great health. I really right. want the great well, health. Well, even, yeah, like like you said, instead of saying, I'm not going to eat sugary foods, mm -hmm. instead of saying that, or, or, or junk food, let's just say, I'm not going to eat junk food. Instead saying, like, I choose to fuel my body with nutritious, I feel to, I choose to nourish my body with amazing, healthy, whole foods so that I can feel my best. Versus I'm not going to eat junk food anymore. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's reframing it from a, a negative into a positive. Like, well, not just not what you're not doing, but what are you doing? Because you're, if you're not doing that, then you're doing something else. Right? So what is that something else? And how can you, can you phrase it in a way that is, is such a positive thing for your body? Right. Well, and that's, that's all conscious stuff. We're, doing that. And again, consciousness is the first step towards changing the unconscious. So once you have consciousness around that, you really want to make sure because even though you're saying I'm choosing to do these healthy things for my body and da da da, your unconscious mind is might be because if it's got that belief wired in there, mm -hmm. might be in there being like, hey, hey, you're funny. This is real funny, <laughs> that little conscious talk you're doing. But I know that as soon as you're tired, I'm going to take over and do what I want to do. So we also want to address where these stories come from yeah. and really take care of the beliefs around them. What, what it was that, you know, you might have thought that mom doesn't love you might have been the story, but really she was trying to put out a fire on the stove, literally. And that's why she wasn't paying attention to you, but you decided she didn't love you. And right. then you looked for evidence to support your, your newfound belief. So there's this moment in your life where you decided to believe, to accept the belief that mom doesn't love me or mm. whatever it is, or mom will think, I'm a horrible, gross person if I get fat like that lady. Mm -hmm. And so there's this moment where we decided we chose. I mean, of course, we were kids or whatever, right. you know, but it's still a moment where our consciousness, however, our, our minds and whatnot, however developed they were, made a decision to believe it. And those beliefs are running the show. So what would be your, your biggest strategy for someone who's trying to actively um, get to some of those root triggers like that, that you were just talking about, who maybe doesn't understand? They're like, I don't know why. I haven't figured that those things out yet. What are some of the ways to be able to figure that out? So, so obviously sitting, giving, giving yourself that time to be yeah. still, to have that quiet time, to meditate, to like run through the situations in your mind. Um, is there something else you can recommend for someone who's really wants to um, have a much better understanding of, of their triggers and the stories and those, the sources, you know, the beginnings yeah. of those stories that they tell themselves? I think the, the, one of the most powerful questions to start asking yourself is why is that important to me? Mm. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to have cake, I want cake right now. Well, why is that important to you? Hmm. Well, because it makes me feel good. Well, why does it make me feel good? I don't know. It tastes good. Well, why does it taste good? Oh, because that one time when Papa and I were having ice cream together or whatever. Right. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. So, oh, so I really am not feeling good. So start asking yourself questions about why it's important to you. And start to look, here's the other big one. When you're in an emotional state, 
when else have I felt this feeling? Mm -hmm. When was the first time I ever felt that feeling? Because that's, you go back to the source. And that's one of the big things that I do with my clients is I literally go back with them to the source point when we create those triggers or those moments where we decided to accept that belief and rewire the brain right there. Mm -hmm. And then that stuff just collapses throughout the entire timeline and throughout your entire life and it just disintegrates it's really mm. cool um but awesome. if you want to start looking for that those beliefs now start asking yourself when was the first time i felt this mm. Mm -hmm. when was the first I time that. i felt it and then you kind of it brings you back to sometime in a child and a lot of times you'll get an epiphany and sometimes the epiphany is enough to rewire the belief, mm -hmm. not always, but sometimes, but again, it gives you another level of awareness. Yeah. I mean, I, I worked through a lot of that multiple years ago when I realized it was like, when did I first start shoving my emotions down? When did I first start really building up those, those thick walls of not wanting to feel my feelings because it was easier not to. And I was right. able to bring it back to my childhood when um, I felt I had to be the good one because my mm -hmm. siblings maybe weren't, weren't being so good. Um, and that I learned, I, I, or I felt that I wanted to um, not be a problem or not have emotions because if I had, if I had was angry, if I was sad or whatever, then I was one more problem to deal with. And, and nobody told me that I just decided that, right. That, right. that was, was the story. story. It was the story you made up. Exactly. Yeah. And so, that started a lifetime for me of shoving feelings down. I don't like feeling feelings. I'd rather not deal with them. And really creating this wellspring of um, poor health because I've just bottled things up for so long. Now I'm 42 years old and I'm really just in the past few years working through a lot of that and understanding a lot of my own negative coping triggers like well why do I why do I I know better I'm a health coach I know better right but still <laughs> you know I'm also a human being who has their own triggers and their own past trauma and their own things that they deal with and so um you know just like anybody else I'm working through that journey um you know as well and I think you know we can never we can never stop growing. We can never stop understanding and learning and, and really being able to um, work towards functioning on an optimal level. But part of part of it is slowing down. I, there's that saying, slow down to go fast, you know, slow yeah, down totally. enough to be self-aware enough to give your time, the, the give yourself the time, space and grace to heal is what I tell people. Um, you know, if you're constantly go, 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 if we're constantly, constantly in fight or flight, you're not doing that. You've got Absolutely. to slow down, give your time, give yourself the opportunity to work through, um, and discover so many things that you're like, it's going to like blow your mind. It's going to be like, Oh, that's why I X, Y, Z, or that's yeah, the totally. story where you're like, you know, and it's just, it's so, I think it's, I think it's personally fun. To, to work through that stuff and like just get to a deeper understanding of, again, that root root cause, you know, that was when I started telling myself that story that I've been telling myself for 30 years, right? Yep. All right, Becca, we are reaching the hour mark. So why don't you tell the people how to get in touch with you so they can work with you on awesome. helping their health? Yes. Yeah, so you can reach me. My website, my brand is Holistic Obsession. So you can find me uh, via my website, holisticobsession.com. Um, there's buttons all over that to book a free initial consult. If you just want to chat about your health goals, your health history, really what you want uh, for your health. I also have a free uh, private Facebook group. That's Holistic Obsession Gut Health 101, where we talk all things functional health but really dive in, especially to gut health. I'm on Instagram at my holistic obsession. Um, and then Facebook, um, my uh, business page is holistic obsession. So just find me at holistic obsession somewhere on the interwebs. <laughs> what about exactly. you, Jenea? If they want to work with you, how do we find mm -hmm. you? 
If they want to work with me, you can direct message me, Facebook or Instagram, or go to my website at JaneaBarnes-Elevate.com. I put all the links in the show notes. And if you're listening, because you might not know how to spell my name, it's G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S. So the website's JaneaBarnes-Elevate.com. And I also do free initial consultation type things to see if we're a good fit. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on today, Becca. I'm Thanks super for having excited. me again. Can't wait for like, you know, a couple more months. So hey, you know what? <laughs> I think it's okay. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll wear my hair differently next time. We can do this in another couple of weeks. No one will notice. It's fine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, you guys. Thanks for listening and watching. Thanks, Janae. It was fun as always.